It's Friday night, it's London, it's from the Rookery End, it's QPRV Watford. I'm Mike and alongside me is Kieran. Hello, good evening. We're going to be joining up with uh, a variety of Watford sports throughout the evening. But Kieran, how are you feeling just to sum up the uh, evening so far? Yeah, excited. I think we've spoken about it in previous rounds, haven't we, that this is a real opportunity for us to progress and a quarter-final beckons. So I'm, I'm really up for this one. But I would ask you the question... When we were at Woking, our friend Ollie said that it would be a catastrophe if Woking were to win that game. What does a catastrophe look like tonight, mate? I think there's no two ways about it, is there? A catastrophe would be losing this game. I have to say, we're outside, what time is it? There's half an hour before kick-off. Yeah, roughly. It does feel a bit flat. I was expecting a real sort of raucous atmosphere. I was really looking forward to it. Everyone sort of, you know, perhaps a few beers, something to eat in a restaurant before the game and everyone a bit lively and ticker tape and chant. It feels very flat, which, to be honest, I'm a little bit a bit disappointed about. But And that's exactly how I'd feel if we lost the game tonight. This is a massive, massive opportunity to Watford to really etch themselves into this, the class of 2018-19, to etch themselves into, into greatness, into folklore, isn't it? And QPR on a terrible run of form. Uh, they had to play in the week. I can only see one winner, and it's obviously QPR. <laughs> but I jest, of course. I jest, of course. But... We've come so far. We're the fifth round. the The tournament is open, isn't it? I was looking at the looking at the ties, the other ties in the in the in the in the tournament that are left. And obviously, Manchester City is still there, and one of Man United or Chelsea. But there is a big, big opportunity for Watford here, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the question I'd have for you is, what do you make of of Javi's approach to this one? Because in the previous rounds, we've seen wholesale changes, whereas tonight we've probably got a combination of the players that we've seen in the previous two rounds, and then bring in some of those regulars that we've seen in the Premier League the likes of Troy Deeney, Etienne Capu we've not seen them early doors in some of the rounds or certainly not starting so kind of interested what you've made of that Well I, I probably underestimated how Watford fans feel about the, the wholesale changes made by uh, Javi because I was I sort of jumped to his defence with the when the Newcastle team came out because I thought everyone would be on board with it I thought that was a team that 11 changes yes but there were 11 changes that resulted in a side that I thought could do the job so I probably underestimated the strength of feeling about how much other Watford supporters expect to see a strong team and I think he's probably walked the tightrope pretty well this evening. You want to see a strong side tonight. Um, as we as I've said we don't want to we don't want it to be a catastrophe. We don't want to we don't want to we don't want to spurn this opportunity to to, to potentially have a really really good cup run so it was a really difficult decision for Javi I think because we've still got, still got a job to do in the Premier League there's still players uh, with work to do in, in that but 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 this is a massive opportunity so I, I think he's I think he's got it about right I think there's a lot of talk about they're finally a bit of atmosphere I don't know, I don't know who they support but I don't really care I think he's got it just about right in terms of giving us the best possible chance of getting through to the next round whilst also rotating the strength squad to a degree because we have talked about it quite a lot about having to keep um, the squad players happy and I think that is a real thing I think when you've got a, a squad as cosmopolitan as Watford and experienced as Watford you do need to keep them happy so I think he's walked a tightrope I think obviously we're talking before the game and it'll be interesting to see how, how those guys who haven't featured in the, in the Cup or the, the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup react to playing in a, in a, on a Friday night away at a championship side whether they can sort of flip cut mode on and, and deliver for Watford I'm, I worry about it I don't know how I think if we perform we, sh- we should beat QPR but I don't know it's, uh, but I think in terms at this stage seeing the team I couldn't argue with it Nathaniel Chalabar not named even on the bench today now at Tottenham we had a bit of a debate 
about whether he should have been loaned out or not. There was a bit of disagreement. Colin was very pro keeping him, giving him minutes. I think John made a few arguments against it. I personally was very open on our WhatsApp group. I would have liked to seen Nathaniel loaned out. I think he's off the pace. I think we need to see him get minutes. But he's not involved at all today. What do we make of that? Should we be worried by that? Yeah, I think I think we should because we we saw on uh, on Saturday against Everton the big impact that Decore had when he came back into the squad. I think Decore is a vital part of of the Watford cog, and I think the most likely person we've got to replace him, or as we thought perhaps six or eight months ago, was was Nathaniel Chalabar. And for him not to be involved in a in a tie like this, where it is a mixture of first team regulars and and squad players who are knocking on the door. It's a big question, isn't it? I think there's rumours that he had the opportunity to go out on loan and there's rumours that he turned it down. I don't know how true true they are. Um, I'm worried about him. I think I thought we had an incredible player on our hands when, when he first signed for Watford. It felt like a massive coup. We spoke at the time when that injury happened that oh, I wonder what impact this will have on his mental, mental state and how it will sort of set back his career. And it looks like it's done exactly that, doesn't it? And... Yeah, I worry. Why isn't the question for me is why is he not involved in a match day squad like that? It may be simple. He may be injured. He may have picked up a knock in the week. Um, we haven't had the check to haven't had the opportunity to look into that. But the question for me is why is he not in a squad like this? If he is the player that we thought we'd signed, why isn't why isn't he playing in this in this match? Yeah, no, I totally agree. As you say, we don't know. It could be an injury. Could be something really straightforward that we don't know about. We had a couple of questions come in on Twitter before we came to the game, and one of the questions. I'm really sorry. I haven't got the names because I'm recording on my phone that has the questions on so I really apologise for that uh, one of the questions that we had Pontus Dolberg is on the bench today Herelio Gomez starts on his 38th birthday yeah. happy birthday Herelio would you have liked to have seen Pontus Dolberg maybe start because he's going to be here long term Herelio has already announced that he's going to be leaving retiring at the end of the season would you have liked to have maybe seen Pontus given an opportunity because we know that Herelio isn't going to be here for the long term nope I'm pretty unequivocal on this. I think Aurelio Gomez deserves his position between the sticks as the cup goalie, if you like. I think he deserves his, his opportunity, and I'm happy that you know we've talked about wanting to play a strong team in these in these matches. And I think we know what we're going to get with Aurelio. He's a we know exactly how he's going to perform. He's unlikely to let us down. So I think it's absolutely right and fitting that that Gomez gets his opportunity. Yeah, my answer to that is pretty simple. I think they fancy Dolberg. Obviously, I think they they see him as one for the um, one for the future because he features quite heavily doesn't he look at look at Gomez's and, uh, and Foster's and others Instagram stories for example Darberg is there he hasn't been shipped out on loan so I think he's one that there is high hopes for I think when Gomez does depart at the end of the year whether he he, he goes back to Brazil or elsewhere or stays at Watford in a in some sort of coaching or ambassadorial role Darberg will become the number two is my my assumption and I, and I think pre-season will reflect that any friendlies we may well see Darberg starting but I think at this stage we've talked about how seriously we want to take these cup competitions and also, I think it's important to recognise what Gomez has done. At, at the podcast, we got a few requests for, for details about what we felt on Heralio this, um, uh, this week, I think, marking his, uh, marking his birthday, and there's going to be a few stories in the press. And I think, looking back, you realise how important he's been for us, so not just on the pitch, but off it as well. He's been with us a long time, and he basically helped get us promoted, didn't he? We wouldn't be where we were today if it wasn't for part of that Gomez team. And so he was one of the best signings I think from in the, in the Pozzo era I think he's been absolutely terrific for us and I think for us to just turn our back on him completely in his final year would, would have been a massive mistake I think he's a big big part of the squad I think he's a big big important part of the dressing room and I think it's only right that he gets rewarded with uh, with these sort of performances he won't let us down he's passionate I think he, he loves Watford just like we love him um, and I think 
it's important he's between the sticks so yeah I'm pretty unequivocal I think it's exactly the right decision and before we go in another question related to Abdullah Decore we've already mentioned that he's on the bench for this tie the person asked do we want to see Decore playing in games like this and maybe I guess for the foreseeable until he win that we feel inevitably departs at the end of the season or do we want to see the likes of Queener given more minutes because they are young players Chalabar obviously talked about not involved now I have a view on this before I want to throw it over to yeah. you I would play Decore in the FA Cup run and I'd probably play Queener and Chalabar and players like that in the Premier League and I'll tell you why because 37 points with however many games we've got left we're not going to go down it's, very, it's quite a big gap between us and the top six so I don't know how possible it is to get into Europe through the league the FA Cup is a massive opportunity for us. So I look at it as play your best players in the FA Cup, get through to that final and give yourself the best opportunity of winning a trophy, which we have never been able to do at the top level, and you get an entry into Europe as well. So I am interested to know, Decore in the Cup or Decore in the Premier League? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the flip side to you. I say Decore in, in the league. I think there's more... The bottom line is, from the from Gino and Scott's point of view, there's more cash attached to finishing higher in the Premier League. There's an opportunity to finish in seventh place, which would give us Europa League football, which would give us Europe. It doesn't give you that pop, that, and, I, and I agree with you there. I think every, everyone here tonight is desperate for Watford to progress because they want to see that honours list with something big on it, with that, with that FA Cup win on it. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, but I think there does need to be a bit of pragmatism in modern... Pragmatism. Pragmatism, that sounds like some sort of horrendous metal band. Um, but I think there does need to be some pragmatism, and I think he's got it about right. And you mentioned people like Queen. I mean, what a player. What an absolute player. I don't think there's any reason to expect, certainly in midfield, I think we have an embarrassment of riches in that, in that area, and I think we've got enough that can come in and do the business um, in the FA Cup so in, in that area. I think perhaps defensively and, and up, up front, we've got less to choose from. But I think with Takure, he's going, isn't he? He's absolutely going to go at the end of the season, so we need to start planning for his departure. The other thing to, to be aware of is, of course, he's coming back from injury, and does he need you know, an extra bit of rest today? We've got some really tough games coming up. If we can win our home games left in the Premier League, we're going to end up with a really, really decent season. And if we can nick something away as well, and which Decore will play a big part in, then it could be even better than, than, than that. So I think recent you know him just coming off the back of injury means I think it's sensible to rest him for this one uh, but I also think we've got enough to come in and, and replace him in, in matches like this whether we get to a quarter final against um, Chelsea or Palace or something like that or a semi-final then you might get to start thinking well we need we need, our, we need everyone that we can possibly get all hands on deck so for this one I think it's right that Decore uh, sits it out I'm happy with that Spoil I think is how I would describe it in our midfield well we're not far away from kickoff, we'll bring you some updates throughout the game, and of course, we'll review it afterwards. So, only one thing left to say: Come on, you ought. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Half-time at Loftus Road and probably, not against the run of play, but probably, you know, a half-time would have been deserved at 0-0, but 1-0 Watford in injury time, Kelly Sommers. What happened? 
It took a bit of a deflection. That ball was bobbling around the box. I don't think Steve McLaren will be too happy with the defending, but who cares? Etienne Capu, right place, right time. I think it took quite a wicked deflection. But um, feeling very happy. There's not many better feelings than scoring either late on at the end of a game or late on just for half-time. Perfect time to score a goal. Especially when you probably don't deserve it. But Etienne Capu, he's Javi's man. He is better than Sedan. 1-0 one up at half-time. So we've got about 15 minutes left in this FA Cup tie between QPR and Watford. And Kelly has already had a fan ask, are you that FLP update girl from the television? So we do have our celebrity amongst the crowd. Girl, we've seen Decore and Mariapa come on with about 15 minutes left. So Watford look like they're going to try and see this one out, aren't they? But every time we throw the ball in the box, we look like we might do something. I know why Javi's done it, but I'm a little bit disappointed because I feel like it wouldn't take much for a second goal. And we really do need this second goal, otherwise it'll be a very nervy last 14 minutes or so. But yeah, it looks relatively comfortable. And I'm, as I'm saying, that like QPR attacking. But yeah, relatively comfortable. But it's never that comfortable 1-0, is it? It's not. But also, uh, we have our VAR at home. I'm annoyed about uh, this. Yeah, Andre Gray looked like it was given offside, but we're told it was on. It was on. And if this had been at Watford, there would have been VAR, I believe. Therefore, maybe that would have stood. But let's not get into that VAR debate. As it stands, it's 1-0. And hopefully soon it'll be 2-0 for the legitimate goal. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson. It's Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Nice one, mate. So, Watford last night, they beat QPR in the FA Cup. My question for you, old boy, do you know what QPR stands for? Queen's Park Rangers. Oh, crikey, I didn't think you'd get that. Ding, 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 well done, ten points. What else could QPR stand for? Quite poor, really? (laughs) Is that a good one? Yeah. Daddy Clever? Yeah. Right, so who do you want Watford to play in the next round? Do you want someone like a big team like Man City or Chelsea to see like Aguero or Higuain or would you like a smaller team to give Watford a chance of going through? Big team, little team, which do you prefer in the next round? Little team. Little team? Yeah. And do you think Watford can get through to the semi-finals? Yeah. Good. Thanks very much for joining us, Arlo. Bye-bye. Quarterfinals, here we come of the FA Cup. Queen's Park Rangers nil, Watford won, Mike Parkin and Kelly Sommers joining me, Kieran. Mike, it wasn't pretty, but who cares? We are into the last eight and we can sit back over the weekend, enjoy the other ties and see who we get. It wasn't pretty, but we said before the game, all we need to do is get through it, get into the quarterfinals. The the route to a decent cup run is open to us. Don't you asked what a catastrophe would be losing this would be a catastrophe all I care about is we won I thought it was a thoroughly professional performance really really please I thought Watford just saw it out I thought they saw it out I never thought we were in danger at any <laughs> stage and for me to say that is um, it's probably more about QPR not being great but delighted delighted to be through to the quarterfinals well, well done Watford well done Javi well done the boys Kelly never really looked in any trouble and when we did we were kind of it was because of our own doing really wasn't it it was a little bit and I wasn't sure about the substitutions from Javi in that second half when he first put on Mariapa and Decora I thought come on we're on the front foot here is that what we really want to do but 
as he's proven so many times this season and last season, he does know what he's doing and he got it right again. I thought Decore just helped us kind of settle things down in midfield and also we were lacking that final ball a few times today, a little bit of lacking fluidity because these players, five changes I think it was, haven't played together. I thought Decore just gave us that bit of calmness and a few nice passes in the final third and well, we know what we're going to get from Apps every time he comes on so I take it back, Javi. It wasn't, it, we didn't look like we were going to concede. It wasn't as comfortable as maybe I haven't watched a game as a fan for quite some time so I found it nerve-wracking but I do know what Mike was saying it never really looked in doubt and had we not won that I don't think it would have been fair at all I think we deserved it it'd be, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know how much of it's down to Watford managing that game because yeah. I felt that's the most comfortable I've felt watching Watford in a long long time it might because it'd be a bit but I was going to say QPR were terrible yeah and that's what I think and I don't and like saying that about other teams because I wouldn't like someone to say it about Watford but I think I'm not a footballer never have been I could have played up front you could have but we could have played up front for them I think Mike and we probably would have had more chance of scoring Mike and Kelly uh, (laughs) double act up front Uh, I'm not sure we would have won if that had been the case but (laughs) I'm just really pleased it just felt like a real professional job from Watford I just thought from start to finish we looked we didn't look amazing I don't the QPR fans will be going away from here thinking how did we lose that game we were we were close to Watford we didn't they didn't really look like a Premier League side but how many times have we been on the other side of that coin we've seen teams turn up and we felt like we've competed but haven't really did, did Horalia have to make any saves? I don't think so. There are a couple of, couple of chances I had. But I think it was just a pretty professional performance. But I, 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 it's difficult to judge, but the beauty of it is we don't have to judge it because it's the cup. We're through to the next round. We're in the hat and that's, and that's all that counts. I thought Andre Gray, I thought, looked good. I think I'd love to see. I haven't seen a replay of his, his, of his offside goal. For me, it felt onside. And anyone that's been to QPR on the away end will know we haven't had a great view of it, but it felt very, very onside. So I'd be interested to see that, whether that would have changed the way we have he approached the game. Kelly talks about being disappointed with the, with the substitutions. And yeah, I kind, of, I kind of understand that because you're going to leave Troy up, up front on his own and you expect maybe kitchen sink from QPR for the last 15 minutes, which didn't really materialise, to be fair. Um, and again, I think you have to... I'm sorry to go on about it, but it does look... You have to look at QPR at how poor they were as, a, as an opposition and, and as an attacking threat um, but yeah if it had been 2-0 it would have been game over I don't know it's look I'm just relieved it's over I'm a reliever <laughs> into the next round um, I said before it's a really really difficult call for Javi to get this one right to rest the players keep people happy do enough to get us through to the next round without jeopardising our, our run in the Premier League he's done it again hasn't he as Kelly pointed out he's, he's, he's just got it absolutely right but you don't do it without the players you don't do it without the players and it's just great. What a good time to be a Watford fan, right? What a good time to be a Watford fan. <laughs> That's what I was going to point out there as well. This is a game that, Kieran, you and I talked about who we potentially like when we were walking out of the stadium and we thought who we potentially like in the next round. I'm doing the AFC Wimbledon Millwall game tomorrow and you said, I'd like the winner of that. And I said, not Millwall. We saw what happened a couple of years ago. But I feel like games like tonight show us just how far this Watford side have come. There was nothing incredibly spectacular tonight. But this kind of game a couple of years ago under a different management, different time, we would have lost and I think that's what pleases me so much we didn't play well but we got the job done Were you guys at all concerned with the start that we had now we've said how poor QPR were would a better side have maybe punished us based on the slow start that we had because we looked sluggish I think we did look sluggish but it's difficult to play against a side like this I've got, I've got a friend with me tonight who doesn't watch much of Watford and he was saying well where's the you know where's the attacking threat he's, uh, uh, Andy his name is he's here hello Andy Hi. <laughs> um, he saw us at West Ham and he thought we looked more threatening down the flanks and of course this is a, t- this is a team Sean of Pereira and Sean of Delefeu so you've got two guys there who are not there who are you know they are the, the 
uh, the creative spark in this Watford side. Tonight we saw a functional side that knew what they had to do. QPR were just going to lump the, foot, the ball forward. We had to deal with it. We had to deal with a, a rumbunctuous crowd, if you like, and a... What? No. Rumbumptuous. <laughs> are we, are we having that, that? That word that we use all the time in English, like rumbumptuous. Right, Kelly, you on final score tomorrow? Yeah, we'll not be using that word. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew what we were going to deal with him, and uh, so I think we had, a, we had a side that could deal with it. So was I worried about our sluggish start? Not necessarily, no, because I think we knew we were in a scrap. We were sort of in the trenches tonight, weren't we? And it was just a, it was just a case of we have to get the job done, and it's, it's the way to do it the most sensible. What's the line of least resistance? And I thought we, we did it. I think we gobbled up everything they threw at us fairly easily. A couple of couple of shaky moments in the first half, to give them credit. Um, and if one goes in, you do, you do worry. But you, you do feel that Watford could, could take it up a gear. And to go back to what you guys were saying a moment ago, that feels great to be able to say that Watford felt like they have a little bit in their, in their tank, another gear to go into. It's so rare that we've had that. We're so used to hanging on by our fingernails, absolutely desperate. I was even saying tonight, well, this will probably go to extra, extra time. I said that. <laughs> even, though, even though we knew it was comfortable, because you, you, it's just hardwired into you. But actually, this team is better than that. This squad is better than that. And um, So, no, I, to be honest, I don't think I was worried. It wasn't, it wasn't a spectacular performance by any means, and I understand where the, where the question's coming from. But to be honest, I just think we're better, we're good enough to, to, to win a game like this and, and to have done it like that in such a... It's almost better to have done it in a workmanlike fashion than it is to have rolled them over 4-0 because that shows we've got a bit of grit and determination and, yeah, really pleased with that. You finished on those words, grit and determination. I felt like the atmosphere in the away end, as it always is, was brilliant tonight. But grit and determination, actually, every game at the moment, I work on a lot of games, don't get to see as many as a fan, but I feel like we're learning new things about this Watford team and about the Watford players as individuals and that's what I really saw tonight. We know we're going to get it from Troy Deeney. We saw him kind of come at the end when they were usher, trying to usher it out to get a corner and things like that. We know we're going to get the heart and fight from it. But I saw it from other players today as well. Daryl Yammat, Will Hughes a few times. These players are really... They're in it for the long haul. They're in it. They've got that fight about them. And it just makes me really excited. And I think you can sense that amongst the supporters at the moment. So we've said it quite a few times recently, but it's definitely in really exciting times. It's, it's rumbumptuous, isn't it? It is. It's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say, but I couldn't remember how to pronounce it. Daryl Yamma's lost his luscious locks as well. I've, I've, there was a chance up the other end. I thought it was cleverly, and it was it was him. It was short hair. <laughs> there were people actually questioning whether it was Daryl Yamma. And uh, yeah, he's uh, shaved his head. Fair play to him as well. You don't, People don't need long locks in this life. As, as we can testify, <laughs> that as the Happy Egg Company, of course. <laughs> Kelly, you mentioned there a couple of times that you don't get to see Watford as much because of the work that you do, the job that you have. So what's it like when you come to an FA Cup tie away from home to watch your team when you don't get to watch them that much and see a performance like that? Do you know what? I bet for the neutral watching that at home on a Friday night, it probably wasn't the best. Um, my other half was watching at home and I'm not sure how much she actually watched of it because I don't think it was the best game. But my God, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It goes back to what I said before about there being a real sense of excitement. I'm actually very lucky in that I went to the Spurs game. When I left, it was 1-0. So in my mind, we still won 1-0. Um, not because I'm a bad fan, because I had to go to work. Um, I then did the Everton game. I was working at that game um, and then being here tonight. So I've seen us quite a lot in the past 10 days, two weeks. I've lost track of time, however long that was, recently. Um, and it's what goes back to what I said before about learning something about this Watford squad in every single game. And I just feel like you can feel it amongst the supporters at the moment as well. Um, we've got back, I think I often, because I don't see as many games, compare it to recent seasons. We've got about that unity between the fans and I think that's largely down to Javi. Um, but it's brilliant. Nights like this are absolutely brilliant and 
we look like we could even be challenging for seventh in the Premier League. I still can't quite believe it. Um, it's one of those times where it's actually quite a good time I work for Premier League Productions. It was never cool to be a Watford fan when I first started working there. It's brilliant now. We could, we could, we're challenging for seventh, potentially European football, and in the FA Cup. Um, I just, I'm pretty lost for words about it. It's um, pretty impressive. I don't want to get carried away, but you've got to enjoy the highs, haven't you? I can, I can bring you back down to earth. We're going to lose Crystal Palace in yeah, the quarterfinals. There you go. I'm not in the. Oh, Mike's back. Say that. Well, let's be honest, we don't do very well at Wembley, even if we do get there. Every time I hear the Wembley chant, I think, oh gosh, it just brings yeah, back no, some no, terrible no, memories of recent times. Shiver down your spine, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It's difficult for us to kind of pick a, a team that we'd like in the quarterfinals. We're the first tie of the whole weekend. As I said, we can kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy the other ties. I have to be honest, I can't even remember who's in some of the ties. I know there's a lot of Premier League clubs that are out already. Kelly, you're doing yeah, AFC Wimbledon against Millwall. Yeah. I know there's some Premier League ties. So there's, there's some quite intriguing ones. I'm not sure exactly when this will go out, so I don't know when we'll, if we'll know about all the other games, but there's some really intriguing ones. Wolves versus Bristol City. You look at that and think, Wolves are going to win, but Bristol City, I think they've won every game in 2019, yeah, yeah, or they're definitely yeah. unbeaten in 2019. So potentially... I don't know, Wolves could fall there. Newport Man City, you'd probably expect Manchester <laughs> City um, to go through. Brighton Derby, I've covered Brighton and Derby this season. I actually fancy Derby to yeah, go yeah. through there because Brighton can't score. So do you know what I mean? This this is so unbelievably open. Don't get me wrong, probably all the Premier League teams are going to go through and I'm going to look really stupid. But we're in there, we're in with a shout. Absolutely. I, I fancy a real way tie. I think it suits us better in cup competition just to go and be a bit sort of... Workman like bit, you know, that hard working. Just go away and sort of whoever we get. I just think an away tie probably suits us. I think the home, the home um, atmosphere is good. Uh, you know, you want to have done an incredible job, but I think the away crowd is is slightly different. And I just think on a cup day you get that little crackle, you get that little extra frisson in the air, and I think an away tie might suit us a little bit better because we can we can change it up better when we're away from home. There's less there's less in, uh, emphasis on us to to run the game. So whoever we get, I think away. I can imagine everyone at home listening to this saying, Mike, what are you talking about? We don't want to wait time. Especially when we get Man City away, because that, that would be terrible. But I just I just feel like those away ties, you get that little bit of magic. It feels like FA Cup. It feels like tournament football when you're not, and haven't got the comfort of your of, of Vickery Drive and that normal thing that you do every Saturday or every Tuesday, whenever it is. So I think in a way time, maybe somewhere like Bristol City, I think Wolves being incredibly tough. It's all gonna it's all gonna be difficult here. Kelly doesn't want that for a range of <laughs> range of reasons. But I just I don't know, look, it's just great to be in the time. It's just great to be in the hat. Do you know what it was brilliant as well being a Friday night, wasn't it? I absolutely loved it. I was looking forward to it all day. I know what for fans were looking forward to it all day. I know a lot of people loved the Saturday three PM but a night game under the lights away from home that's what as football fans you live for can I also just point out I've had two texts from QPR fans who actually came to the game with tonight saying we were robbed <laughs> and daylight robbery that See, I think that shows what a wonderful game football is and that, that goes back to what I was saying because we've been in these matches before when we've been the we've been the championship side playing a Premier League side and you think well actually they don't fit they don't look like all that they, we haven't been we haven't been rolled over and, but there's a there's a beauty in that there's a beauty in that because Watford turned up rolled their sleeves up and just made They've just won with very little fuss. Very, very little fuss. So we'll hop on the train. Um, I'm going to go to Chesham United tomorrow and await the, uh, await the quarter-final draw and look forward to it. Well done, you golden boys. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Well, we mentioned this game was on the BBC. We've already said that for the neutral, it probably wasn't all that in- entertaining. The reason I want to bring that up is because a lot of people will have got a chance to see Watford tonight and the perception of Watford is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. Now, there was another podcast this week that was titled What is Happening at Watford? And it was by the guys who do the TIFO or TIFO, TIFO, yeah. TIFO football podcast. 
really interesting listen for those who maybe haven't had an opportunity to download it. They really do spend over an hour breaking down what Watford FC have done since they've got into the Premier League. And I know, Mike, you've listened to it. I've listened to it. I'm kind of interested to know what your take was because the narrative that's been created about Watford is unstable. Sack managers, only loan players, buy players in to sell them. Actually, what these guys did is they took the time to do their research, really look into Watford. And actually, when you hear what they said coming from neutrals, We've said it on this podcast already tonight. It's a bloody good time to be a Watford fan, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And they, they sort of trailed it by saying what's happening, uh, what's going on at Watford. Well, I'll tell you what's going on at Watford. We're into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and we're going into Europe. That's what's happening in Watford. So I could have saved them an hour and a quarter. <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. I think, it, and, and listening back, it was interesting. To, there's, they had to jam a lot, of, a lot of activity, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things into that, into that podcast to try and give a potted history of what Watford's recent history has been. So... I kind of understand why it's difficult for other outlets to do that because so much has happened and there's so many intricacies and so many ins and outs and ups and downs and slightly weird things that it takes a bit of uh, research to get your head, to, head around to, to understand what's happened at Watford. So I, listening back, I kind of, the penny dropped a little bit to why mainstream media, if you like, if you could excuse me sounding like Donald Trump saying uh, mainstream media, but it's difficult to get what's happened since the Pozos arrived into um, a bite-sized chunk um, and just hearing them, hearing them uh, dissect it and distill it into a, a, an hour or hour or so's podcast was was interesting from that alone. But yeah, the guys did a great job, and it's a, a fascinating listen. It does it should remind us as Watford fans as to the journey we've been on, um, as to where we were, where we are now, and, and the journey that took us here. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it was great, and just it allowed us to sit back as Watford fans and just listen to our wonderful story because I think it's been a really really exciting story it's been probably more romantic than, than you give it than we give it credit yes the Pozzo family are very scientific in their approach to football and how they how they make sure that their interests are uh, are advanced on the pitch but it's been what a, what a fairy tale for us as, as Watford supporters to be out here outside Loftus Road on a Friday night cruised into the court finals of the FA Cup talking about Europe in uh, potentially Europe at the end of the season from where we were at and what they weren't able to talk about was, was quite how how bad a state Watford were in when, when the Pozzos took over just really rewarding to hear someone take the time scratch beneath the surface at Vicarage Road and give credit to the to the people that deserve it because there's been a lot of hard work a lot of effort and, and us as Watford supporters have had to put up with a lot of nonsense quite frankly from, from opposition fans about the loans about Udinese about Granada about this about that uh, so, yeah, it was just really rewarding to hear some people take the time to, to lift the lid, look underneath the bonnet and, and, and just see what actually has happened at Watford. They found out what was going on about Watford at Watford and they found it to be positive, which is what we've been saying all along, isn't it? Things aren't perfect, I'm sure, but just to hear someone taking the time to find out what's been going on at our club is, uh, was, was pretty good. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, after you've listened to this podcast, listen to that one. Kelly, we haven't been able to get you on the podcast as much as we would like. We've mentioned it a few times about your job. You do work in mainstream media. As an insider now, <laughs> what is the perception of Watford? First things first, I definitely need to listen to that podcast. Um, I'm quite ashamed I haven't because I'm a big podcast fan. Um, I think it's changing. I think it's definitely starting to change. I got very annoyed um, in the office the other week because I won't say who I was talking to, but they were talking about tonight's game. Oh, I'm going to make 11 changes. I said, no, they won't. I said they'd make it. 
six or seven, so I wasn't far off. Um, I think injuries and kind of other, the fact that, for example, Hollabass is now suspended in the league, changed things. They said, oh, well, you're not taking it seriously. And I kind of said, there's still this miss. I don't think people realise quite how good this squad is. Um, I think it's changing. Um, and I think having Javi at the helm, the amount of people that says, oh, I met your manager the other way, interviewed him. What a lovely chap, what a lovely bloke. And I'm like, yeah, he is. And he's not only a lovely bloke, but he's showing what you can do on the pitch as well. So I think it is changing. And I mean, you still get the jokes. Oh, you've, it's a, I think recently he was the longest serving Watford manager in the Premier League. Yes, yes, we, we chopped and changed managers, but we've shown that it works so far. It's We've now got the right man in charge. I think it is changing. I think it will still take a while. It won't sit well with everyone, but also a lot of it is jealousy, I think. Not, not saying journalists are jealous, but particularly with fans. Um, and also, if people didn't have things to moan about or things to criticise, some people wouldn't have a job. And what else would they talk about? One of, one of the things I loved about that podcast was, I don't think they meant it as their, as their summary or conclusion, but one of the quotes halfway through was, quietly, Watford are quite good at football. And I think that sums it up quite nicely. We've sort of amassed a really, really good squad. We're playing half-decent stuff. We can alter our game to depending on the, on the opposition, depending on, what, on what's in front of us. And quietly, Watford are quite good at football. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not a powerhouse. We're not a Premier League powerhouse. We're not a European powerhouse. But we're good at football, goddammit. And, and I, thought that, I thought that was a real... It sounds like a little throwaway, throwaway line, but for someone who doesn't watch Watford at all or someone who spends their time watching European football or, or higher-level Premier League football, it sums it up. We're, we're pretty decent. And, uh, and I, it doesn't really bother me if people don't, don't think that week in, week out because that's, we'll, we'll continue to take people by surprise. We're quietly just getting on with it. We're amassing a, a, a well-organised club with, with a decent infrastructure with a decent on-pitch presence, um, decent fans, obviously, and uh, and an award-winning podcast. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty amazing. <laughs> We've got everything, club. really. All bases covered. Well, one last topic, and that is, of course, the next game. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's another Friday night game yes. away at Cardiff. Now, I cannot think, and we'd probably have to rely on our friend Ollie Wickham, but I can't imagine there have been many times where Watford have had back-to-back games on a Friday night. That can't have happened very often. But it's Cardiff City away. Now, we know what's going on at Cardiff City with, obviously, the tragic passing of Emiliano Sala. Since that's happened, you get that feeling that it's a club really united at the moment and they've had some good results in the last few weeks. That one is, is not going to be easy, is it, with the emotion that's still around that club? Incredibly difficult. Um, and you have hats off to, to everyone there for the way they've handled what has been an absolutely... You know, devastating situation. One of the, you know, incredibly difficult. You just can't, you can't imagine what what the guys there, the, the club, the fans, and the only everyone there at Cardiff. It's been it's been difficult, and I think they've they've handled it magnificently. So fair play to them for that. And you know, they bounced back last weekend um, incredibly well, and they've gone on a little run. But taking the emotion out of it, which you know, I don't want to don't want to be unpleasant about it, but taking putting the emotion to one side. There is a football match to be played, and I think we've seen tonight that Watford have been functional. They've rolled their sleeves up. They've they've got the dirty stuff done well. That's what they're going to have to do next next Friday. Now they're going to be missing key people. Hollybass is is going to be a big miss. I think he's come on incredibly this season, uh, and Watford fans are really starting to recognise how how important he is to the side. Um, so you'd like to think that we take the form that we've shown tonight against, yeah, albeit a poor QPR side, and and you know Cardiff or a. They're not a great Premier League side. Let's let's be absolutely 100% clear about it. Um, that's not no disrespect to those guys at all. But they're not where we want to be. We want to be. So you have to go there and you have to do a job. It will be difficult, but you you have to say if Watford do their job, if they if they 
perform to the to the levels that we've grown to expect them, then you'd hope that we're at the stage now. <coughs> Blimey, what was that? <laughs> we're at the stage now. Trying to be posh. We're at the stage now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> where if we pick up points away from home and win our home games, then we're going to end the season in, in pretty decent shape. So I'll, I'll take a point on a Friday night in Cardiff. That will be rumbumptious. <laughs> I, I, I don't decided what that means yet? I, just think Friday night in Cardiff. That's what it means. Um, <laughs> if we can take a point there, I'll take it at this stage. Um, but I think this Watford side will be going there to win. I think they're capable of winning. And if we do, then... It's going to round off an incredible week. I'm shaking my head because I, I wouldn't go there and take a point. I've just talked about how this Watford team proves proves us wrong every game. or show, Not proves us wrong, shows us another element, shows us more and more heart and determination. And if we want to end this season, which I genuinely believe like they do want to end this season on a real high and not do what we've done in so many seasons, then we need to be going into those games. You've said there, Mike, they're not the best Premier League team. It will be incredibly difficult. Obviously, the tragic events recently have, as you said, brought them closer together. But I think this Watford squad are mature enough now. They're the kind of games we do lose. Um, we have lost. And particularly after the high of tonight and the high of, of course, the massive high of beating Everton, this is another huge test, almost a bigger test. Every test feels like a bigger test. But if we want to do what we say we want to do, um, then for me, a point isn't enough. Um, I'm sorry to be the nasty school teacher here, but I, I don't like resting on laurels. I think we've done it too many times. Um, and they're the kind of games I want to see us go and win. Even if it's 1-0 again and it's ugly and the TV audience don't like it, that's what I want. Right, well, you've, you've been told, don't listen to me. What Quite demanding, I'm not happy with them. 1-0 win. It's a good way to finish that, isn't it? Now, the one thing I always do when I, when I present this podcast is I always forget to reel off how people can listen, how they can follow us. Mike, fill them in, mate. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Watford Podcast. Find us, share your snaps, share your thoughts, share whatever you want with us. Tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong, but just give us a follow, say hello. We love hearing from you guys. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who sends us stuff. Thank you to everyone that sends us abuse even, because it shows, nice. you, shows you listen. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Instagram, Facebook and, um, and Twitter, at Watford Podcast. You can find us there. Um, you can even email, I think, podcast at... So 2018, isn't it? Don't, don't bother emailing. Just send, just send us a... Uh, yeah, do it on the socials. So, yes, uh, get in touch. Thank you to everyone that listens. Come on, the audience. It's amazing, isn't it? Thank you, Mike. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. A brilliant end to a brilliant night. Thanks for listening all. And there's only one thing left to say. Come on, you all. <laughs>